Lorena here from Everything's Canceled podcast. Herman and I hope you've been enjoying our show. The best way to support us right now is to subscribe to our Patreon for some exclusive episodes and more at patreon.com slash everything's canceled. And don't forget there's only one L in canceled. And shop our new merch on our Shopify. The Shopify is everythingscanceled.myshopify.com. Now let's get to today's show. You're listening to Everything's Cancelled podcast with your hosts, Herman and Lorena. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to right now and follow us on Instagram at Everything's Cancelled podcast. In each episode, we discuss topics in detail that could be triggering for some listeners. So please listen with care. All content provided in this podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Any copyrighted content reproduced in this podcast is done so in accordance with Section 107 of the Copyright Act, allowing fair use and is not an infringement of copyright. Any information discussed referring to specific incidents or allegations only, unless proven otherwise in a court of law. Due to the changing nature of laws, rules, and regulations, the host will make no representations to the accuracy or completeness of any information in this podcast and will not be liable for any errors, omissions, nor the availability of this information, for any losses, injuries, or damage from the display or use of this information. Welcome to Everything's Cancelled. We're back. Where we do all the labor of deep diving celebrity rumors for you so that you don't have to with with Lorena and Herman your your lovely hosts you know this all started because we love celebrity gossip he'll never admit that but we do love celebrity you can't gossip. avoid it you know I, I sometimes I willfully try to avoid it but the reality is that you can't and sometimes you just get sucked in and, yeah. and people ask your opinion and then you got to know everything to have an opinion right and then it's like a bottomless pit it's like once you seek out one rumor you're finding out all this other crap and when you just want to know the whole story we've done this work for you which brings us here today to talk about who yeah, who's canceled this week, Lorena. <laughs> well, what name should we use? Diddy. Yeah, he's got too many names. Sean Combs. Sean Combs, Diddy, Puff, Puff Daddy, Daddy, Brother Love. Yeah, Brother Love, which is his new attempt at a new name, which is obviously never gonna fucking take. Nice try, bro. My like whiteness is really gonna show in this episode because for one, I definitely probably thought those were all different people. Like, I uh, I guess I'll just jump into, well, like, who Diddy is. Well, I think Diddy that was is. kind of the purpose, because when he's changed his name several times, and when he has changed his name, it has always been at kind of an interesting juncture in his life where he has seemed to be attempting to change his persona or to leave a specific event behind. Yeah, well, it worked on me. Um, yeah, maybe it I'm works like on some level. I'm, like, removed enough from, like, the rap culture. Like, I don't really listen to a lot of rap I only get, I'm just going to jump into like who Diddy is to me, I guess. And that is, n you know, not much. My only, and I'm just going to call him Diddy. I think that's probably what I'm going to call We're going to say the word Diddy so many times in this Diddy. podcast. going to be so tired of hearing the word Diddy. It's not our fault he chose a dumb name. Yeah, seriously. I mean, not that it's much better than Puff Daddy or Puffy. Uh, anyways, I remember like the one popular song... In the 90s, the I'll Be Missing You song that he did for Biggie. Probably the biggest one, right? Probably yeah. the song that we most know him for. And I kind of like was talking to you the other morning about like what that song meant to me and how it came out when I was really young and I had a friend die when I was young mm -hmm. and that was like, you know, very, he called it corny and I was like, well, it was, it was appropriate for me at that age to express grief over a friend i you know i love that song it's still on like my playlist and it'll come up sometimes you know beyond that i literally have no connection 
or knowledge of anything Diddy related until we did the Will Smith episode and I like came across the rumor of Will Smith and Jada trying to pick J-Lo up for a threesome while he was dating Diddy and Diddy was like going to beat up Will. Of course, Diddy denied any of that even happening. It's not even like there's nothing there. I I can't even bring that to the podcast really because there's. It was. It, I don't know where the rumor came from. So, it was just mentioned on a podcast. So in all the stuff about Diddy, which there is a lot, yeah, uh, that was... didn't even scratch the surface because there's so much other stuff to talk about. And then as far as like people in the rap game and rap stories and the, like, we're going to hear from just about everybody you have ever heard of who you've ever heard of associated with rap ever because they all become a part of this too. And I think it was interesting that Diddy or Puff Daddy at the time, Puffy was most well known for the the Biggie tribute song, the Every Step You Take song. Looking back, I'm struck at how similar that song is to I Believe I Can Fly because there's also like a really common thread of like this being similar to R. Kelly in a lot of ways. And you can draw a lot of similarities between Diddy and R. Kelly. And what's interesting about that is, well, where they are, right? R. Kelly is in prison and Diddy is very much not in prison, although he's facing numerous lawsuits currently. And when we get into his history, there is a lot of criminal shit in there, man. Like, because when I think of Diddy, I think of the, I think of that song for sure. But the other one I think of is Mo Money Mo Problems, which was the other like big song at the time. Like Diddy and Macy, Mo Money Mo Problems. Like I, when I think of Puff Daddy, the first image that will always come into my head is the Mo Money Mo Problems video and him and Mace like floating around in their brightly colored like shiny suits and like the imagery from that video and uh you know like, of course i went back and listened to like every puff daddy diddy song that i could think of and watched all the videos and stuff and i'll tell you right now that was the only one that like got my foot tapping man like he's involved with a lot of other musicians who have a lot of other like fantastic output and like i said we're gonna hear from just about everybody in the rap game eventually in this story but uh Mo Money Mo Problems is the only one that was any good, and uh, it's a it's a fun video. It's a really fun video to watch. Have you seen that one, Lorena? Uh, I don't remember. The brightly colored suits, and it's like a golf tournament. Is the the intro? It's like Puffy is a golf tournament. It has kind of like a Happy Gilmore vibe. Oh, we're here yes! with the winner, Puffy yes! Woods. He has just won the Bad Boy oh. Golf Tournament. How uh, do you feel about winning this PGA? Oh uh, man, well I was having, I was having some trouble on the 17th hole. But my man, B.I. from up above, came down, talked to me, told me to cool out. I did it. I, I guess did it for B.I. I guess this means more money, more problems for you. Yeah, I guess so. More money, more problems. It's just the way it is. Hey, we're coming back to you, Billy. Does that not sound like every 90s rap video that was like, I'm going to wear an orange suit? I think this one is like the prototype for that look. Like, you, you know, have you seen the meme, like the inside of the cheese grater? And it's like, why does this look like every early 2000s, like every like 90s rap video? Yeah. I th- this is the video that like, I mean, there are a lot of other videos like it, of course. And there's some other ones before, like I think like maybe like Michael Jackson's Scream or something that kind of like looked like this, you know, but like. Dude, they all looked like this after this one for a little while. And I think that, like, also the other thing about, like, Puffy Diddy is that, like, 
to me i i don't know i'm not like a big like like hip-hop head i don't like my opinion does not mean very much here but he definitely seems like he's kind of like the epitome of the like money and cars type of rapper my impression from the very little research that i did in this is just that like he comes across as a major pest. I think everyone's kind of annoyed <laughs> with him. I wrote 15 pages on Will Smith and Jada for the last episode. I did nothing and Herman over here got sucked in and he's got pages and pages of notes. Dude, and so it just goes and goes like, I, you know, it's like, well, that's kind of what I was saying is just like to me, he was just like the guy in the in the shiny suit who danced funny. And then when I got into it, it's like, holy fucking shit, dude, this guy is bad. Yeah, this guy is bad. really bad. Like this dude is he's fucking gangster as fuck like he's done some crazy shit there's a lot of bodies if you add them up but he ain't in prison he never went to prison lots of court cases lots of charges dude lots of lawsuits sex shit violence shit killings like we went from lowly will smith who's gonna show up in this story but you know all he did was slap a dude and we're going to to diddy who diddy's got bodies yeah (laughs) I'm kind of excited to just sit back and, like, get this. These are all allegations, of course. (laughs) I'm excited to sit back and get this as, like, a listener and just hear it all put together and try to absorb all the events and the names and all that. I know that there's a lot of sexual assault allegations, and that is what everyone is talking about with Diddy right now. Mm -hmm. But I'm, like, most excited because I think in the end we'll get into some more, like, wild unbelievable conspiracies yeah. and, and i think <laughs> we'll go there we're going there here in this yeah episode. i'll i'll chime in when that comes are we going to start with like the sexual was, allegations well, that well are yeah okay so that's kind of like the thing that makes it relevant is that in the last year in 2023 like diddy has come under fire he the main loss there have been like four or five lawsuits it's honestly hard to keep track i'll cover every single one of them of course but In 2023, the main lawsuit is that his ex-girlfriend, Cassie Ventura, she sued him for sexual assault and a bunch of fucking shit. Pretty, it's pretty not. And then right after that, um, a number of other women, several Jane Does came out and also sued Diddy and sometimes his co some some co-conspirators for sexual assault as well in a number of different scenarios. And so that's kind of like why this story is relevant and kind of like what's going on with Diddy right now. And it's definitely like this, these these are ongoing. He settled the Cassie lawsuit. He settled the next day. That lawsuit was filed and then it was settled the next day before anything went to discovery for an undisclosed amount. His lawyers, when they were trying to roast her, they said that she was asking for 30 million. And of course, if you want to read any of Diddy's statements and he, he, outright denies any of these things none of them happen and all of these people are just trying to get money from him and it's extortion as far as diddy's concerned and what and i'll find a quote i'll make sure to put in the quote from his lawyers because it's here somewhere you know i'll make sure that we get diddy's side but diddy's side is pretty fucking easy he says none of this shit happened it's all extortion yeah it looks like they were together for a long time this is not just Cassie, um, yeah, they were, they together, were together for, for 10, 10 years. years. Yeah. So that's not just like... It's a long relationship. And it's indicative of the types of relationships that Diddy has with a number of different stars where 
he takes them on as some sort of like mentor relationship, whether it's a male or a female artist, which will which will also cover a lot because there are a lot of rumors about what it's like to be mentored by Diddy and to be like part of that. And so uh, Wait, I guess the other, she... only other thing I wanted to say getting into this is there's a we're going to let's let's go straight to the to the wildest conspiracy theory, the wildest Diddy one there is, which is that. Diddy, who is like genuinely a pretty fucking evil dude, like I'm just gonna say that, is that Diddy is the devil. Or that Diddy has made a deal with the devil, or that Diddy is in a Luciferian or in some sort of Luciferian cult, and that that is why he has done all of this sort of like evil stuff. And to like get in bed with Diddy is to get in bed with like the secret satanic controlling cults that control the entertainment industry all that shit right but hey there's a couple little interesting uh caveats there i guess why people say this for one there was an incident that happened early in diddy's career and like we're talking like before anything before anything we've heard of early in the days diddy was you know a promoter working for bad boy records and uh he there is an incident where he was promoting a concert at a high school gymnasium. It was like a celebrity basketball tournament. And, uh, but it was like really like a concert and Diddy was promoting it. Heavy D was supposed to perform. It happened in 1991 in December, 1991. And the official name for what happened is the city college stampede. You heard of this? I mean, it kind of sounds like the Travis Scott thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the comparison that the wildest conspiratorial types are going to make because the the wildest conspiratorial types talk about the Astroworld incident, right? Where there were a number of people trampled at the Travis Scott concert and the wild conspiratorial idea about this is that it like opened up a portal. Yeah. Is that 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 this is a intentional blood ceremony, blood sacrifice ceremony performed by Travis Scott to initiate him into the satanic cults. And what's interesting about this is goddamn same thing happened with fucking Diddy. Nine people were trampled at this concert in 1991 that was promoted by Diddy. It was a heavy D concert um, or heavy D was supposed to show up. And then a bunch of other like famous people showed up. Mike Tyson was, was on his way and LL Cool J and apparently like, that set people off a lot of this information too like when when we get into a lot of this there's interviews with some interesting people on youtube and a lot of these stories come from his bodyguard a guy named gene deal and there's a wait that's the guy who said that will smith and jada tried to pick jayla like he's the one who started that exactly so these (laughs) these are from the same interviews with gene deal on uh on youtube And there's a number of, and Gene Deal is one of Diddy's former bodyguards. He like worked for Diddy and he was a bodyguard. I'm pretty sure it was Gene Deal who's telling the story. It's hard to, but it's like, there's a number of them. There's Gene Deal tells the story. Um, We're also going to hear from a former LAPD detective named Greg Kading. And he's the one who tells a lot of the stories about the murders of Tupac and Biggie and how... Diddy and a number of other people may have been involved or even somehow responsible. I'll for say that. I'll say like the the two things that I kind of took away from, you know, now that this is what episode 5 something like that is that one 
that you should definitely not piss off your bodyguards. It seems to be like the security guards, the old managers are the ones that come forward with fucking everything yeah, later. Yeah, well, dude, that's really interesting because it's like a lot of what we know about these stories, Will Smith shit, but especially like Diddy. And then we're also going to get to like Keefy D, who is now being charged with the murder of Tupac. And like the reason this dude is being charged with the murder because he talked on the internet he went on youtube and told too many fucking stories about what happened and they're like oh you fucking killed him it's like he, the dude got arrested because he talked too much about this shit and a lot of this information that we're going to talk about from the diddy story comes from these interviews with gene deal and then also interviews with jaguar Wright, who is a former like i think she was a, an assistant at uh, at bad boy records well and then the other point that i was going to make that i kind of got from from all of this is that, and we'll, I'm sure you're going to get into this, is that they all seem to have the same fucking lawyers and they are all yeah. tied into this. Those oh, are yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Big time. The people matter in this. So the names matter. So, you know, buckle up because we've got, we've got a lot coming. And the same lawyers seem to be involved in all this stuff, but we'll get directly to that. You know what I mean? I won't, there's, uh, there's one other thing I want to say about the trampling incident and about Diddy the devil or Diddy make a deal with the devil. Did he do it? Did he make a deal? Right. The other thing that people kind of like bring up when they want to talk about that is that like all of the former bad boy artists found God afterwards. I love these theories because it's like talking about ghosts or aliens or whatever. And I like to indulge in it in my mind, like not not actually take it too seriously because I guess it's just fun and it's human nature to try to find answers for this stuff. And then the more that you can throw in and the more that fits, the more your mind goes wild with it. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of here for it. So, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, this is taking it pretty far. But, you know, several former bad boy artists after severing their relationships with Diddy or Puffy at one time or another, they immediately like found God. And the most well-known of that would be Mace, who became a Christian pastor. And he also is on a podcast. Well, I think like, you know, I grew up religious and now I'm an atheist and I can, you know, hold a lot of differing thoughts in my in my mind and, and explore those things. And the thing is, like, if God, the devil and hell and whatever is real, then the shit is wild. Right. And if it's <laughs> and if it's not real, then like this, then it's symbolic. It's still symbolic for like good and evil in the world and what people do and how you move up in the world. And like, there's conversations to be had with that. So whether you hear these conspiracies, did he cross in that line for sure? Yeah. Like, was there an actual portal to hell? Well, a bunch of people did die. Like, okay, let's well, explore these. Well, thoughts. there's two others too. Shine, who did 10 years for Diddy. What's important about this story is it shows a little bit about like what loyalty means to Diddy. And if you're wondering, like, would Diddy like sell out Biggie? Like, would Diddy like do any of this stuff? Well, there is what happened. The shooting that took place at Club New York in 1999 and Diddy was there with his girlfriend at the time, J-Lo. Okay. And the another man who supposedly like this guy was kind of like a big dog in the like New York street scene. Guy by the name of Matthew Allen went by Scar. He bumped into Diddy. Maybe literally, maybe not, but whatever. A, f a fight happened, right? Okay. And in this fight, guns were pulled. Shots were fired. Three people were injured, including a woman being shot in the face. Oh. Uh, people who are unrelated to bystanders, of course. Like, shots go off in the middle of a crowded club. 
people who are three people are shot. You know, a woman is shot in the face. What did Diddy and J Lo do? I can't even imagine. They jump in their car and they zip the fuck out of there. I was ready for you to say they just like started having a freak off in the middle of that. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, but they left. That's more reasonable. Yeah, they they fucking bail. Uh, they get picked up by the cops with the gun in the car. They're, the other person there is Shine, right? One, one of Puffy's bad boy associates, one of his rappers on his label. Okay. Shine also had a gun on him. Uh, whatever, he's implicated in the shooting. The dude was there. He may or may not have, have done the shooting with Puffy. Because what happens is they both get arrested the next morning. Both Puffy and Shine, not J-Lo, Puffy and Shine get arrested. And then they both go to trial. Puffy gets himself Johnny Cochran as a lawyer. He does not really do the same for Shine. So Shine ends up getting convicted. I can't remember exactly what his charges are, but he does 10 years in prison. Okay. Puffy doesn't go to jail. (laughs) Puffy doesn't go to jail. Shine does 10 years. (laughs) Wow. And, you know, people say there's debate over who did the shooting in this situation. Shine in his 10 years in prison, he became a practicing Jew um, and like followed like Orthodox Judaism, changed his name to Moses Michael Levi Barlow. Wow. He is originally from Belize. And so after serving his sentence, he was deported to Belize where he became a politician and he was elected to the Belizean House of Representatives in 2020 as a member of the center-right Belize United Democratic Party. Okay. And he is currently the leader of the opposition in the Belize House of Representatives. Okay. As far away from Diddy as he can. Yeah, in Belize. Okay. (laughs) And then the third bad boy former rapper who then found God is former bad boy rapper Loon, who became Muslim after leaving Diddy. So they all found gods. Yeah. Three of them found three different religions. Three different they found gods. all the three different gods. Yeah. They found <laughs> the three big ones there. The three big ones. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it means something. I was going to say something like, you know, after, after Diddy, a Jew, a Muslim, and a Christian, like there's a, there's a punchline there. They all walk into a bar. Is. Yeah. And, and then there's, there's Diddy. So are you taking us all the way back or are you going to start with current? Or what I would like to talk about is the current lawsuits that Diddy is involved in because that's like most current, right? There's like a number of different situations. But I think the other thing that we should talk about briefly before we get there, two of the other like main rumors about Diddy is or was he involved in the deaths of Tupac and Biggie, right? Yeah, Tupac again coming up in the show well yeah the, obviously like the rail the relationship between bad boy records and death row and the east coast west coast thing was you know a really important aspect of the early life of you know what was going on in puff daddy's career without going all the way there and like because this is definitely a whole fucking pod like there's a lot of different rumors about whether Diddy is involved in the death of Tupac or not. Something that has been said is that supposedly Puff Daddy at the time had offered, you know, this is according to Keefe D in his interviews on YouTube. According to him, uh, Puff Daddy had offered him a million dollars to perform the hit on Tupac or potentially on Suge Knight or on both of them. And that, 
Puff Daddy's associate, Eric Von Zip, was the one who had offered it. And so then after the night that Tupac was killed in Las Vegas, supposedly Keefe D said that he received a phone call from Puffy and they asked him, was that us? And so supposedly Puff Daddy paid the million dollars to his associate, Eric Von Zip, but Eric Von Zip never paid that money to Keefe D or to his brother, who was the other one who was involved in the hit, Orlando Anderson. But they, you know, according to Keefe D, they never saw any of that money. Eric Von Zip kept the money. Nothing. Not even a pair of Sean John drawers. The other thing that seems to really point to Diddy in all, or Puffy at the time, in all of these situations is, do you remember the circumstances of the first time that Tupac was shot before his fatal shooting? Uh, I might have got him mixed up. So the circumstances of the first time Tupac was shot, and this is, you got to realize that this is before the East Coast, West Coast beef, because this is what kind of fucking started it, other than, you know, like, Suge Knight. Any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, come to death row. And uh, Snoop Dogg, like, talking shit, I think, like, at the Source Awards. The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Death Row. Y'all don't love us. Before that beef, Tupac was, like, hot shit. And so he did a, like, he did a feature on a Bad Boy track. And they apparently, they, according, this is all Keefe D, according to Keefe D again, he was paid, or supposed to be paid $7,000 to do a feature on a track for Bad Boy Records, right? And so after he did the, fe- the feature, he was on his way to go get paid. And he, was on it, and he was going to meet the dudes at the Quad City Studios. Supposedly, according to rumor, what happened was he was set up to be robbed for the $7,000. Or he was set up to be robbed either after he got the money or when he showed up. And uh, by the people who were there, supposedly the people who were there who set this up would have been Puff Daddy and Keith Harrell, his manager, and the, the guy who ran Uptown Records, which was like the, the label that was like Bad Boy Records' umbrella label before, before like a kind of sellout thing that happened with them too. But anyways, Tupac went to the studio. Supposedly he was set up to be robbed. Instead, the dudes shot him. And that was the first time he got shot. And okay. then, you know, and supposedly like he was on his way to get paid for a feature that he did for Bad Boy Records. Supposedly, instead of wanting to pay him, they tried to lay him out instead. And then the next day after his surgery was when his like rape trial happened. And then like then he went to prison. Yeah. So he never got the chance to say what happened. Do he, oh, yeah, he did. You know what I mean? He fucking I mean, it's Tupac. So he like he oh. said he said all kinds of shit. He, he talked mad shit about about Bad Boy. He wrote the most famous diss track about them ever. Fuck Bad Boy as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew. OK, so he said that that's what happened. You know, whether he was necessarily responsible for the shooting that caused his death or not. There is the rumor that was, you know, it's put out there. You can watch these videos on YouTube. They're very entertaining that Puffy not only offered the million dollar hit on him, but that he paid it, but that, you know, the money never made it all the way to Keefe D or the people who performed the hit. <laughs> so they weren't even paid for it. Nothing. Not even a pair of Sean John drawers.
And then the other, this one's a little bit more confusing because like why, you know, like Biggie was, he was Puffy's like best artist, right? This is fucking his big dude. Why would he ever like want this guy killed or have him killed? But there is of course rumors that Puff Daddy is responsible for the murder of Biggie as well. And this is, of course, after the murder of Tupac. So you got to, you know, the, realize that the, the beef between these, you know, between, you know, these East Coast, West Coast guys is at its peak. They're looking for, like, revenge. And so at the time, Puffy, like, booked a whole West Coast tour for, like, bad boy artists just to kind of, like, put it in their faces. Like, we're going to fucking do it anyways. And I think they, they were basically able to successfully, like, get away with that. But what happened is that Puffy brought Biggie to the West Coast, according to Gene Deal and some other people who were involved. They knew that there were gonna that there were like threats on their lives, and the other thing that was supposedly was supposed to happen was that Biggie was supposed to go and be flown after like this awards show. Puffy wanted him to go to the after party, but secretly their record executive had set up a flight for Biggie to go to London. And he was going to, like, go, like, meet the press and have this, like, big international press thing. He's supposed to be introduced to the world. Because this was his moment, you know, this was after, like, uh, like Ready to Die had just come out. You know, after this is, like, you know, this dude's huge, you know. And so they're trying to, like, the next step. And so when Puffy heard about that, supposedly he was super angry and, you know, and, and said, there's no way, you know, Biggie's not going to go to, he's not catching this flight. He's going to the after party. You know, and then Gene Deal and a number of other people, they said they warned Puffy, but, you know, supposedly Puffy is like, nah, we're, you know, we're going to this party anyways. They go to the after party, and then at a certain point, the police come and break up the party. And as Biggie leaves with his crew, he leaves, and then a car pulls up on him, and they're shot and killed. And so the rumors are. Not only did Puffy potentially know about this threat that maybe he even like kind of offered up Biggie as like a sacrificial lamb in this situation where he knew that there was going to be retaliation. So he had to let something happen and like Biggie because he would have been an easy target. He like let it happen. The other rumor is that somehow the LAPD are involved in this conspiracy as well. And that like them coming to break up the party at that specific time or is part of the setup that set up this hit, you know, Hey, maybe another cameo allegations, by, another cameo by LAPD. Yeah. This is all satire. This is jokes, by the way, we're just, we're just cracking jokes here, man. I'm like, no, this is true. You know, this is all allegations, all, this is all things that people said, uh, Gene Deal and Keefe D and Jerry in the room there. Yeah, 50 Cent. 50 Cent No, we didn't even cover 50 Cent. I Number know, one so. hater, 50 Cent. Who sat to get smiles? We don't get them, they gonna kill us all. Man, Puffy know who hit that nigga, man, that nigga self. Yeah, he fucking hates Diddy. Yeah, 50 Cent fucking hates Diddy. He will get at him at every fucking chance that he get. He's got all kinds of fucking Diddy stories. One thing I think is interesting is like, you know, back to the topic of like the devil and whatever is that there is no Scientology in this one. Interestingly enough is that, yeah, that I didn't ever at any point uncover any like specific relationship between Diddy or any of this people in the story and Scientology. Except for it Will wouldn't Smith. Be, yeah, it wouldn't be weird. Let's face it. Like with some of the way that it acts and the people, these people act like... 
Fuck, I kind of want to talk about 50 Cent, but we should probably talk about Cassie and the lawsuits, right? Yeah, so right off the bat, when I looked up Cassie, the first thing that I noticed was this massive age difference. You talked about, like, the mentorship, and she was, like, 19 when he was 37, and they Mm -hmm. were together for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So mentorship, grooming, same thing. Cassie was the first person to sue Diddy in 2023. She sued him in November. And then immediately after, he was sued several times. Uh, Again, in November 2023, by somebody who was originally a Jane Doe, but then she came out, her name is Joy Dickerson Neal. And then he was sued again by a Jane Doe one day after that. But let's talk about Cassie, because that's kind of like the most significant and the one that... It's not the most significant, let's not say that, but it's the one that we have the most information about. Because, like I said, she sued him, and then the day after he settled, supposedly she was asking for $30 million. We don't know what that settlement amount is for, of course. According to Diddy's lawyers, the settlement is in no way an admission of wrongdoing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope she got she, her $30 million. She, and, and obviously she took the money. But also what's interesting about, is, about that is that the fact that they settled immediately, which meant that there was no time for this case to go to discovery and discovery is when like all of the evidence would be presented. Right. So what we do have about all of the information in this case is we have the court filing and it's about 35 pages. Of course I read it because if you want to know specifically about what the person's allegations are being made, that's always the best place to go. You can read the dozens of news articles where they paraphrase or they quote from the court filings but you need to see it specifically there's some gnarly shit but do you know who cassie is at all who's who's cassie ventura uh she's a singer right i don't i don't know any of her songs i feel like i was just too young this era of girl is she a rapper like mid 2000s like r&b i mean wouldn't that have been at the same time as like brandy and like yeah, maybe no. maybe like a little bit after that. But yeah, yeah, kind of but like kind of like the maybe like the people who followed that because Cassie Ventura is a singer, obviously. She's also a model, of course. She's a babe. I looked her up. She's very beautiful. She, yeah, no kidding. Um she and she's in a couple movies too before becoming a singer, similar to this is another like similarity was that she was a teenage model at 14 years old. Jesus Christ. She was a model and you would have seen her. She models a bunch. She modeled for Calvin Klein, GQ, 17, Busta Magazine. She was the face of the Azos, ASOS, uh, 2013 campaign. So she did like quite a bit of modeling and she's fairly kind of well known at that time. Putting she, your teenage daughter in modeling just never seems to end well in these stories. Just saying. Yeah. So well, ultimately that leads to her, you know, trying to start her musical career and that leads her to meeting Diddy in 2005. At the time she is 19. Diddy would be 37 years old at the time. And this is like I said, this is 2005. So this is like, I believe he's still would have been in a relationship with Kim Porter at this time because a lot of his relationships kind of overlap. Diddy never married, linked to a lot of different women. 
He never married her? He never married Kim Porter, even though he was with her for, for a very four, long time. And they years. have three kids together. And he kind of adopted her kid, who was Albie Shurer's kid from before. But um, he also, he was with Cassie for like 10 years, They were too. together 10 years. Yeah, and then a long he time. Was with he met her in Kim, 2005. He was with Kim for 14, so... Yeah, quite a while, but he doesn't. He's he doesn't, a man of he commitment. He doesn't marry these women. He did. He, he don't do rings. It's not part of this shit. This isn't part of what he does. We're getting to freak offs. We're getting to the fucking freak offs here. We talked about freak offs yet. Yeah. So. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's get wait, there. Wait, wait. Let's get there. Doesn't Will Smith have a song called "Freak Off"? So I, that was one thing that was interesting. Like when I was talking about freak offs, I kind of went back and it's like. Like, especially in, like, 90s R&B, like, freak, freaking, I want to freak you, freak me, freaking, freaking in with you. Like, freaking was a big thing. So I think freak off is a, you know, kind of comes from this Freak like, this. Type. Peak this while I freak this. Yeah. Freak, yeah, I remember. Yeah, freak, freaking and getting freaky was, like, a big deal. Freaking it. And freak offs will be a big fucking deal in this podcast. Dear do listener, do you know what a freak off is? Have you, you heard Will of a freak Smith, off? Like before? wrote the song for Diddy. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> you want me to freak this? Just peep it while I freak this. So, anyways, <laughs> in her lawsuit, you know, Cassie, she points to what she calls a pattern of physical and emotional abuse. Basically, from the moment that she met Diddy and she got involved with him, that he controlled absolutely every aspect of her life. He controlled her housing, her career, what she did, who she saw, every single thing that she fucking did. And according to that, uh, and according to her, he also supplied her regularly with copious amounts of drugs. She was also beaten often and that physical violence was was a common recurrence in this relationship. Uh, And there are a number of specific incidents that she refers to in her filing, in her court filing that she that she refers that that involve let's talk about the fucking freak offs though let's talk about the freak off what's a freak off that's such a funny word for something that's like so not funny so we whenever we do these episodes we seem to get like kind of like a picture for like these people's patterns their like their thing that they always do what's the word for that like their kinks or something we kind of get a we kind of get a feel for like their thing like what they yeah. always do and well, all of this is, I mean, it's all rumor, I guess. It's just like, how many times do we have to hear freak off before we really accept? What like, is it, Lorena? Tell us what is, what is I your mean, understanding uh, of the freak uh, off? What are these? Or- according, according, orgies, to, according to Cassie and numerous other sources and her filing, these freak offs would occur. They started immediately in the beginning of their relationship and they would occur often throughout the relationship as often as weekly or sometimes more. So from what I understand or what I remember is that these are just, these are orgies. These are sex parties that cater to Diddy's specific kinks. Uh, he's a bit of a cuck. He's a little bit of um, like into sex slave type things. Like what's, what is, what is a freak off if I were to go? Kind of. <laughs> so according to her, what it would happen is that basically she would perform sex acts with another man in front of her. Or in front of him while he, like, pleasured himself. All right. So, like, cuckolding, but maybe non-consensual to some degrees, kind of forcing her into it. And this was something that, like, happened, like, often, according to her. And, uh, like, you know, the the story is kind of that, like, 
she said that he would tell her at any time, at any given time, he wants a freak off and she would be expected to arrange everything. She'd expected to like arrange a location and hire male sex workers at times. Okay. It was on her to put them together. Yeah. That it's kind of became that... part of her role at times, like was to like, he would just tell her like, I want this to happen. And like, she would have to arrange it. Interesting. Cause usually when you hear of dynamics like this consensual or not, it's like usually the man controlling all of it. Who, who fucks her? Where, when, how. Well, he does was supposedly like during, I think that's part of it is that like during the actual like encounter, he's telling them like what to do and controlling every aspect of it, including in controlling, you know, the putting together the, uh, the encounter in the first place, you know. But yeah, it does. That is that he does seem to enjoy, if that's true, you know, I guess watching her. It's pretty common and normal. It's just like uh, assuming that she's coming forward, that she was forced into this, groomed into this, felt trapped in it. She was abused. Yeah, she claims that, you know, at the time, every time pretty much that this would happen, he would get her, you know, fucked up. They'd be on copious amounts of drugs and drinking a lot. She describes using a number of different drugs, ecstasy, cocaine, GHB, ketamine, weed and alcohol, you know, so like that's part of this as well. Like I can't imagine stepping into this world at 19 like we're supposed like if these are things that you're into cool but you're really supposed to like dip your toe in and and le- like i just can't imagine being 19 with all these like big shot older men it's just terrifying drugs the whole thing so one other question lorena are you familiar with the white nail polish detail or the purpose of w- the white nail polish or why diddy would require that she wore white nail polish for these encounters oh boy i want to like use my imagination here is i mean right off the bat i just think is it like a symbol to people of of what it's, she does or what it's like a clear it's the most salacious detail and like obviously one that we cannot possibly miss here and that's one that was detailed in her filing is that you know he controlled these encounters down to you know every aspect of them and one of them is he would require her to wear white nail polish because he would often ask her to search for male sex workers who had BBCs and okay. because he enjoyed the contrasting look of the white nail polish. In addition to these freak-offs throughout their relationship, basically, like Diddy's violent and controlled her violently throughout the whole time. She talks about a couple specific incidents, one that happened in 2009, where I think they were at a party or something like that, and Diddy sees her speaking with somebody who is like and apparently this person's a talent agent and diddy is enraged he apparently what happens is he pushed her into the car like they had a car to leave he pushes her into the car and he started kicking her he kicked her in the face repeatedly causing her to bleed there's a number of other incidents there's one there's an incident that people brought up after the fact where apparently in 2014 when Cassie, she posted a photo to her Instagram and it's like right after a trip to Dubai with Diddy. And it's like a, a photo of her and her face is all busted up, dude. She's wearing like sunglasses and it looks like she might have like a black eye underneath it. And she's got like a bandage on her forehead. And then like the, the, the caption about it is like, oh, I got these new Ray-Bans because I had too much fun in Dubai. And supposedly the story was that she was riding like ATVs and had an accident, which 
may or may not be true. I mean, maybe that's true, but I guess like when people looked back on it in 2014, they're like, dude, she's posting these photos of her with a busted ass face after a trip with to Dubai with Diddy. Like what's the chances it's his fucking fault. And then there's another incident in 2016 where supposedly like it, it, this, this occurred like after a freak off at a hotel and apparently Diddy is drunk and some sort of incident occurs during or after the freak off that causes Diddy to be upset. He is angry and fighting with Cassie. He gives her a black eye. He's physical with her. And supposedly there was surveillance video of him and her in the lobby or in the hallways of the hotel. And he is like picking up glass vases and like hurling them at her. And so, and this is also, again, according to, uh, I don't know this is like, uh, according to Gene Deal, um, the, apparently he paid the hotel employees $50,000 for the surveillance tape. Jeez. My commentary on this, I was going to add, you know, a second ago, but that, this only, that story really only reinforces what I'm saying. When I think back on like watching the interviews with Brother Bilal that I had to watch for the Will Smith episode and just how like this man who is involved in the industry he can't be blind to all of this going on all the time everywhere it's not just diddy he's just he might be the dirtiest it's just like having the audacity to go on the microphone and just claim that like jada slept her way to the top and how women are talked about in the industry that way that like the only way that women make it you know as as singers or in any industry is that they sleep their way to the top and it's like bro this is what sleeping to the top looks like is like being raped and abused it's like no one's calling it that. It's like, well, I don't know. Just the way that it seems just that, reframing that is just yeah. Atrocious. The idea of other people sleeping way their way to the top, especially coming from fucking Diddy, because it seems like what Diddy does is he's already in a position of power, and he cuts these people off before they fucking get there. And you have to go through Diddy to get there. And if you don't do what he fucking says, which involves th- it's according to rumor involves this type of shit and not just for the Cassies of the world for everybody who is involved in his mentorship of all genders and ages yes. right yes absolutely you know to to get there you have to do this or he or you get the shit and like and you know maybe maybe diddy will kill your career maybe will diddy will fucking kill you okay so i got one other story from the Cassie era to illustrate that exact fact both the, his controlling nature and relationship and just how violent and dangerous this person can potentially be if you cross him. And that's something that happened in February of 2012. And this happened when Diddy caught Cassie. And because remember, just like Kim, like Cassie and Diddy, like they were in a relationship, but like they were like, like how, like it's not like they were married. You know what I mean? Like, they, so I guess like, Tell around, me about it. Around 2012, <laughs> Cassie started like hanging out with, talking to, like maybe like dating like Kid Cudi, Kid Cootie a little okay. bit. And when Diddy found out about this, he, of course, was enraged and he supposedly, supposedly he attacked her. Like he put a corkscrew in his hand and like tried to attack her with what it. But where this went is he told Cassie that he was going to blow up Kid Cootie's car. Okay. He was going to blow like like mafia gangland style. He's going to blow up his car and that he wants to make sure that Kid Cootie and his bros are there when it happens. 
and so there's a lot to unpack there it's just like you know he owns her he's not in a relationship with her he's not gonna marry her he fucking owns her she can't go anywhere else supposedly not long after that kid cootie's car bursts into flames in his driveway shut up shut up yeah and kid cootie even made a a statement when he was asked about this later like after the cassie lawsuit after stuff like when he was interviewed about it and the only thing he said was it's all true Well, I'm glad he hasn't died. And you know what? In addition to that, there there are a number of other people who've come out since the Cassie lawsuit just to support her and to kind of like support her claims in all of this. Like three members of the band Danity Kane, which is like definitely like a fucking subtext note in history. But I guess that was one of the making band, making the band bands from Puff Daddy, making the band MTV era. Three oh my god, of, he did making the band. Yeah, yeah, that oh, was him. Shit. Okay. Like three of the women: Aubrey O'Day, Don Richard, and Juanita D. Woods Wujet. They all made statements, kind of like supporting Cassie. Not so much like specifically like supporting. The things she said, but just being like, you know, she's so brave for doing this type of type of things, you know, like s- supporting her for coming out against it. It's a big deal because imagine being like one of the people to support her, which is obviously going against him and knowing that this is the shit that he allegedly does. And then another person is a woman by the name of Tiffany Red. She did an interview on Top Story with Tom Lamas, Yamas. And then, but she claimed, and she also wrote an open letter, which you can read that she claims that she witnessed uh, Diddy abusing Cassie and that also that like her and Cassie, I think she was like a a stylist for Cassie and that like her and Cassie kind of became friends at the time. And so Cassie was able to open up to her. She's a songwriter. She wrote some of Cassie's songs. Okay. There it is. I remember they, they worked together. Um, and that she sold it, you know, they, they were, they became close and that she was able to open up to her about like the freak offs and that she wanted to get out of it and couldn't and stuff like that. She just basically corroborating her story, you know. So take me back on Kim because Kim was before her. Before we get to Kim, which is the Cassie before fucking Cassie, let's talk about there's two other lawsuits against Diddy that came out immediately in the wake of the Cassie lawsuit. Yeah, because Kim uh, is dead, right? So she can't get a lawsuit. Kim is fucking dead. That is very true. Spoiler alert. Joy Dickerson Neal, she sued Diddy in also in November of 2023, a week or two after the Cassie lawsuit came out. Both of these women say that, you know, after... Of course, the lawyers are going to say that, you know, they're all piling on and just trying to extort them. The women say that, you know, after one woman was brave enough to came out, they came out too. But Joy Dickerson, Neil, she was involved in like in Bad Boy or in the in the record industry kind of in those days. I have written here that she appears in the Straight from the Soul video by Finesse and Sinkies in 1990. So if you need to know who she is, that's it. She worked for the record industry and she knew about Puffy's kind of like reputation. So she didn't want to go out with him. But like it kind of ended up like he ended up wearing her down and he kind of like she ended up going out with him, even though she kind of knew better. They went out. She was drugged. They drove her to the music studio and she said that like she couldn't get out of the car. She was too drunk. And and then she was raped by Diddy Puffy at the time. And supposedly he filmed the whole thing. And then she found out a few days later that like this this video like this like revenge porn sex tape had been like circulated among like all of their fucking colleagues apparently uh one of the members of jodeci a guy named Devonte swing who she was buddies with 
he's like, have you seen this fucking video? And she's like, what? And it's like this video of you, like, you know, it's a puffy raping her. And she's like, oh my God, like who's seen it? He's like, everyone, everyone's seen it. Jesus. And so that lawsuit is currently open. That's one that has not been settled yet. That's what I was going to ask is like, okay, all these freak offs are happening all the time with him. Are any of the men who came and like fucked Cassie coming forward and being like, I mean, I guess they yes, don't Jonathan look- Audie. Okay. So one, but there's, there's that one is fucking wild. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, the, the other lawsuit that I want to cover right here is, um, another lawsuit. The one that happened just immediately after Joy Dickerson's Neil's uh, lawsuit was filed. This one is really similar. The woman has not been named. She's a Jane Doe. And it's something that happened at the, right around the same time in like 1990 or 91. And she claims that she was raped by Diddy and by Aaron Hall, I think is also a record executive. Her and a friend met Diddy and Aaron Hall, Puffy and Aaron Hall, at the MCA record offices in New York City. They said that they were, they were drinking, they were partying. At a certain point, they went home. Um, but she says that she was, she was coerced into sex. That she didn't necessarily want to have sex. That she was drunk and she was coerced into sex. Then that after she had sex with Puffy, that then the other guy, Aaron Hall, came into the room, pinned her down, and then forcibly raped her. And then later, when she met up with her friend who she was with, her friend said that she had been being raped in the other room by Aaron Hall at the time. And then supposedly, after the day after this all happened, like her and her friend went home or to where they were staying at the time, Puffy found out where they were staying and came and assaulted them. He was a rate and he was choking her and he choked her till she passed out. And he was searching for her friend, the other one who'd also been raped by Aaron Hall, because supposedly he thought that this friend he'd got, he'd heard that this friend was going to go tell his girlfriend because he had a girlfriend at the time too. So those are kind of the details of that lawsuit, which is also unsettled. And unsettling. One thing that was interesting is that one was filed on November 23rd of 2023, which is the day after the Joy Dickerson Neal lawsuit was filed, which was one day before the deadline for the closing of the window for the New York State Adult Survivors Act. So similar to California, where they like opened up the statute of limitations from like past sexual assaults so that like adult survivors of sexual assault can file for things that happened in the past. The window for that note was closing at the time and she filed it one day before that happened this man better have an entire savings just for his lawsuits he's got a lot of fucking money so they say he's a billionaire this one's pretty gnarly i don't have a whole lot of details on it this lawsuit was supposedly filed in december of 2023 but i was not able to read the details of the court filing on this one so i'm not sure if maybe this is something that was talked about, but the lawsuit wasn't filed, and that maybe like the news um, that the news articles I read weren't entirely accurate about it because some of them say that the lawsuit was never filed, and other ones say that it was. I couldn't find the court filing, so I'm kind of assuming that maybe the ones that said it was filed are incorrect. But anyways, this is about an incident that took place in 2003. This Jane Doe was underage at the time; she was 17 years old. Supposedly, what happened was she was approached by Bad Boy Records president, Harve Pierre, and he told her that he was friends with Diddy and 
you know, do you want to go hang out with Puff Daddy? And so he convinced her to do so, got put her on a private jet. They fly to New York City, go to Puff Daddy's house and recording studio. She is plied with drugs and alcohol and gang raped by both Puff Daddy and Harve Pierre. The language that was used is that they viciously gang raped her. Where is this girl's parents? I wasn't, I mean, I didn't have the best parents in the world, but I sure as fuck wasn't able to fly on a private jet to New York with fucking P. Diddy at 17. Like, I I don't know. How does this happen? A bit more limited. That one has kind of limited information. There's a couple other (laughs) laws. Puffy's been involved in a fuck ton of other fucking legal things. He was lo- he was also sued in 2017 by his personal chef, Cindy Rueda. <laughs> she sued him for sexual harassment and unpaid work. According to her in her court filing. Sorry, this one is kind of funny though, but it like it it shows a, it, it is it shows a little bit of a window into his life and lifestyle, similar to like where Cassie was expected to like set up these freak offs. Part of what she was complaining about in her lawsuit was that she was required to prepare and serve entrees and appetizers while uh, Diddy and guests were engaged in or immediately after sexual activity. So like he would like get her to like make food and try and like deliver like food to them like while they were fucking or right after. I mean, which sounds kind of great, honestly. Yeah, but like if I was rich, that's what I would do. <laughs> totally, but if, totally. But he was also supposedly like he was also like he'd be naked in front of her yeah, and have re- sex in front of her. Exactly, it's a recipe for make, disaster. Yeah, make comments about his body and ask if she liked his naked body and stuff. Oh, yeah. And and it kind of like it led to like a, a a rift between them in an unpaid work situation. Obviously, I mean, if he's him, all you know? obviously, it's not just like it's not like if we had a personal chef to be there, like they're on drugs he he's a celebrity with no boundaries like it's a recipe for disaster to be like will you be my after sex chef Mm. it's just yeah yep you're gonna deal with all of the bad parts of that (laughs) a handful of other diddy lawsuits all somewhat relevant he sued a liquor company named diageo this is in the wake of all of these other lawsuits because they pulled him as like he's the representative uh, involved in two liquor brands, Ciroc Vodka and De Leon Tequila are like Puffy's uh, liquor brands. And after these lawsuits came out, they're like, we are not using you to promote our liquor anymore. And then he sued them for racial discrimination, oh. which he fucking lost. <laughs> for racial and then also in the wake of this he's had to step down he is the chairman of like a tv ne- a cable tv network called revolt which he's had to step down from they pulled all of macy's has pulled all of sean john clothes so you know there's been some repercussions he is actually this. being canceled yeah yeah there's been some cancellation shit there's a couple other lawsuits in there too that are relevant apparently in 2015 he uh, did his oldest son. He goes to UCLA. He's on the basketball team. Supposedly he didn't like the way that he was being treated. Like he was at a practice and he didn't like the way that his son was being treated. So after the game, Diddy and his son confronted the coach and like got into some sort of like verbal argument that involved like physically assaulting the coach and also potentially like physically assaulting some of the other like assistants or like like physical trainers or handlers who were around. Supposedly Puffy tried to swing a kettlebell at one of them. This happened in 2015. That that lawsuit was settled. That's why when we go to our kids little league game, there's like a sign there for the parents like that's for ditties. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't do that shit. And then in 1999, and this is going back before all this other stuff, 
he assaulted a record executive named Steve Stout, who is the president of Interscope's Urban Music Division. Supposedly, what happened is Puffy, he's in Nas's video, the Hate Me Now video, which is a great video, great song. Part of the video is, is part of him is performing, and the other part of the video is like Nas like being crucified on a cross. Yes. And like performing on a cross. And supposedly after filming the video, like Puffy decided he didn't want that shit in the video. It's like, he didn't like it. And so, but I they kept... I thought he was Satan. What's up? Right? But he didn't like that shit whatever, for whatever reason. And, and they kept it in the video. So after they premiered the video, he went to this guy's office and like fucked him up. He like, <gasps> supposedly he tried to hit him or hit him with a champagne bottle and threw a fucking phone and a chair at him Whoa. and all this shit. Um, he, need, he has no chill. This was settled. He ended <laughs> up paying, he paid half a million, 500,000. And Puffy was sentenced to one day of anger management classes. <laughs> <laughs> so he got really got it for that one. One day of anger management classes. Wow. Half a mil, but. Wow. I mean, whoever his financial advisor is, has got to just be creating like an entire Dude. budget for lawsuits. Just like. And as he gets older, he's only going to get angrier. You know what I mean? Like, he's just going to be like this angry, awful old man. I wonder if he's like Epstein where he has like a weird shaped dick and is like overcompromising for things. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Cat uh, Williams called him one of the big dick deviants, but I don't know. It seemed like I can't huh. tell if like, I can't like honestly to it. Like I can't tell whether he wanted to find guys who had bigger dicks. And that was why the BBC thing or like the thing with Jonathan Audie or what, like all these like male, like the male prostitutes that he's hiring, like whether he was looking for guys who had like specifically like bigger or big dicks or maybe he had a big dick too. I don't know. It's kind of hard, hard to say. I mean, no, bo- no body shame. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just whatever. like you, there, there are like themes with the kinks. There's a lot of cuckolds who have like smaller penises and want to see their wives with bigger ones. And like, that's a thing. And I was just curious if he's like overcompensating for like, like Epstein actually had like a deformed penis and was like really sensitive about it. When it would be brought up, he'd be like irate, you know, it's like, I don't know. He kind of yeah. has one of those personalities. So I wasn't sure if Cat Williams was like referring to his actual, his actual, uh, his actual thing or whether he was just calling him like a big dick deviant because he likes to big dick people, which he fucking sure as fuck likes to do. He's maybe his number one favorite thing to do is big dick everybody. Anyways. But who's Kim Porter? I don't know. Like I, I didn't either. I didn't know shit about Kim Porter going into a, this is one. Is she a singer? Is she an artist? Do they also have a large age difference? She's she was a model and an actress and you know, she acted on TV. She did like a bunch of she's like a bunch of TV appearances and she's in like a bunch of music videos and stuff. Also very beautiful. Very beautiful woman. Hmm. As we get to like I made the R. Kelly comparison, the P. Diddy R. Kelly comparison earlier. When we get into the relationship between Kim Porter and and Puffy or Diddy, we really got to make the Will and Jada comparison here. Okay. Her loyalty to Puffy, it has the same vibe. It has the same feel, you know, just like this endless loyalty regardless of whatever else the fuck is happening, you know? There's a couple of interesting interviews with her in Essence magazine, I think, that I read. One... That they interviewed right before she ended up leaving him, and then they inter- they had to interview again because the- she ended up leaving him right after that. The way she describes their relationship, and very matter of fact, she's really sharp. But like, uh, okay, for the record, they're only a year apart, so they are actually the same age. Yeah, yeah, they're or they were they were together for a long time. She had a kid with Albie Sure before she dated Albie Sure before. Um, but then she went on to have three kids with Diddy. 
So she's basically like Jesus' baby mom. She, he's had other kids. But, a singleton and then a pair of twins. Yeah. This relationship, it really mirrors the Cassie relationship as far as the violence and controlling stuff. We don't really have any information about like freak offs or anything like that, but like definitely as far as like the violence. This one also goes straight to like Kim Porter's dead. She was found dead in 2018 and the cause of death was determined almost a year later when she initially died. The cause of death was like left off and then not until like well over a year later, they issued a cause of death and said that it was pneumonia. At like 45 years old or something. Yeah, she's pretty young, young and healthy. But That's the relationship was, you know, was described as being manipulative, abusive, and controlling throughout the entire relationship. I don't have a whole lot of stories to, to illustrate that, but I got a couple that are interesting. And one of them involves something that's also going to come up once or twice otherwise, which is that supposedly during this story, Diddy keeps such control over his women and the people around him, particularly his women, that supposedly he has her phone tapped and that he knows he's able to hear what she's saying. And there's a couple other examples where supposedly Diddy has, you know, has had the power to have their phone tapped, whether he's getting enough information and it's like he has their phone tapped and he just knows where everybody is. Like the same thing with like Cootie's car blowing up, you know, it's like either he just gets a lot of information because he's got a lot of operatives or he legitimately has the ability through some sort of connections and technology or whatever to wiretap people's phones. And this is, you know, something that happened a while ago, you know, but supposedly he caught her flirting with. Shakir Stewart, Mark Curry, who used to work for Bad Boy Records and and another one of those YouTube interviews tells this story. Diddy, who has her phone wiretapped, catches her flirting with Shakir Stewart. Shakir Stewart is the executive vice president of Def Jam Records. He's a record executive and he's important. So supposedly, you know, Diddy, in retaliation, he assaulted Shakir. He hit him with a chair. Then only a few years later, in 2008, Shakir Stewart was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And it's just kind of an interesting story if you look into the death of Shakir Stewart. According to people who are around him, they said he was acting very strange at the time. He was acting, as he said, he claimed that people were following him. He was being very paranoid. And then he shot himself in the head in his bathroom. Huh. Um, there's another incident with Kim that is like just kind of like an example of Diddy being violent, a specific violent. And it's supposedly in 2005, they were on a yacht in San Tropez and he was angry with her for whatever reason and he was violent with her and broke her nose. And supposedly the next day he flew in a plastic surgeon from Geneva to fix her nose. Jeez, you can just be even more abusive the more money you have. Like you just, wow, wow. Like I said, Kim was found dead in 2018. The cause of death was determined later. And according to Jaguar Wright, that, you know, this is because she was potentially writing like a tell-all book. 
This is going to come up again, too. Interesting. Supposedly, she's claiming that Kim Porter did not necessarily die of pneumonia, that Kim Porter was potentially, like, poisoned or that, like, some sort of toxin was introduced that, like, would cause her to have pneumonia and that's why she died. So, you know, ultimately, it was ruled that she died of natural causes of pneumonia. But there are many claims that, or claims are made that, it was not that she was actually murdered and that she was, you know, poisoned or something. And I don't, I don't think it's off the table of possibilities that you can buy off or threaten who does autopsies. <laughs> Interestingly enough about that was there's also another story about that where after her autopsy, she was supposed to have another autopsy done by a guy named Ed Winter, who was like a celebrity coroner, you know, and it was to, to, to back up that, right? Because sometimes they'll do that if like there's one autopsy and the results are inconclusive, they'll like have n- another person perform it. So this celebrity coroner, this guy named Ed Winter, was supposed to re-examine Kim. He died of a heart attack right Shut before. Shut up. Oh, my God. One more. So Andre Harrell, who like shows up like often, he was he was the manager of Uptown Records. He gave Puffy his start. He's the dude who's responsible for it. He was found dead in 2020, supposedly of natural causes. Heart failure was what you know was on his death certificate. According to rumor, again, he was also potentially writing like a tell-all book. And the other story that is like big in this is that like, let's get to the gay shit. Andre Harrell ran Uptown Records, which was a subsidiary of Arista Records. And Andre Harrell is who gave Puffy his start. Puffy was like a kid. His mom moved him to the suburbs. He was from the city, but his mom moved him to the suburbs. According to the story, he's like super charismatic. Everybody loved this fucking kid. And he did really good in school. He's really smart. And so he went to, fuck, where did he, I think he went to Howard. He went to a pretty prestigious school. And when he was in college, he was buddies with Heavy D. And so he ended up getting hooked up with this guy, Andre Harrell, who ran Uptown Records. And he gave Puffy an internship as like a freshman in college. Puffy's like a young dude. He's, and supposedly he's like, Everybody loves Puffy. He, like, is a frat boy. He throws the best fucking parties, which he's been famous for for his entire life, throwing these big fucking parties. And apparently, like, he and he's also was known as a businessman. Supposedly, he started, like, a taxi service to take drunk students home. But Andre Harrell meets him, and immediately he wants Puffy to work for his record label. He wants this kid. So, you know, I mean, obviously, like, Puffy, charismatic guy, showing some chops as a businessman. It honestly makes sense that he would be courted and he's got connections you know in rap music as well already so it kind of like it makes sense that he would be courted to work even as a young guy he would be given kind of his given a dream job right but the rumor is like is this too good to be true because Andre Harrell supposedly like others in the music industry supposedly he took a liking to Puff Daddy in the sense that like he took a liking to him And because Puff Daddy was willing to perform sexual favors for him is why he was able to secure that position. That's the rumor. Honestly, maybe, you know what I mean? But it's also, it it seems like Puffy was kind of already showing kind of like chops as a businessman, maybe. It might have been legitimate that he's offered this, even though he's offered a dream job at a very young age. Andre Harrell, his boss was the manager of Arista Records, a guy named Clive Davis. And that also kind of lends some credibility to this rumor in the sense that supposedly Andre Harrell 
he would have gotten his position or was involved with Clive Davis as well, like sexually. And Clive Davis is super important. I mean, these people are responsible for a ton of like really important music. If you look them up, like they're, you know, these are huge record executives involved with countless artists that you've heard of tons of music that you, that, you know, but Clive Davis, who was married throughout his career in his autobiography in 2013 called the soundtrack of my life. He came out as bisexual and he came out as bisexual in a way he, he wanted to, you know, try and demystify a little bit of like what it's like to be a bisexual man. Cause he was married his whole life. But it does, the fact that he said that does potentially lend more credibility to the rumor that he maybe required sexual favors from some of his other male executives, people who worked under him, people who would be like Andre Harrell. And did Andre Harrell also pass on that type of behavior and that type of form of control, like professional and personal control, onto his kind of protege Puff Daddy? So remind me, unless I'm wrong, going into, you know, gay rumors and then requiring sex to move up in the industry. Isn't Usher related to P. Diddy? Yeah, And Justin Bieber related to Usher in this exact same type of sense? It's like a, like, trickle down. There are a number of young men who, during Puffy's time as, like, a powerful record executive who, or, you know, from his rise to fame and then onward, have been associated with Puffy, who have kind of supposedly, like, been through the Puffy treatment. You know, they were, like, Puffy was, like, their mentor. He's supposed to be coming up. And there's just, there's a lot of rumors about how that's gone, whether that reflects the type of relationship that, you know, he was potentially rumored to have with with Andre Harrell, or maybe even worse, rumors that Puffy and have, like, ruined some of these people's careers or worse for not wanting to be involved. One of them is definitely Usher. He was discovered very young by L.A. Reid at 13. In 2022, he tells a story in an interview with Revolt Black News about working with Diddy, and he describes that he was, like, he's quote-unquote, ushered into the culture, which is an interesting, just interesting way of putting that. He also did an interview in 2016 on Howard Stern, and that one's real. It's just, it's odd. He talks about how, or, you know, supposedly what happened is L.A. Reid discovered him, and at 13, he sent him to live with Puffy for what they call, quote-unquote, flavor camp to, like, uh, you know, get the vibe, you know, to, like, see how it's done, to, like, get involved. And, dude, just ushers, the way he answers the questions is very, he's like, Howard Stern's, like, you know, you see, you see lots of crazy things and Usher's like, man, like crazy things I couldn't, things I didn't understand is what he said. And then I think like Robin asked him like, oh, are there like naked girls everywhere? And Usher's like, that's not what I said. I saw some crazy shit. <laughs> and it's just an interesting way uh, he dodges that question. And it's an interesting way I put it. There's another like little bit where there's like an interview. It's like at a Diddy party and like Kevin Hart is on the mic. They're like, it's like live stream or something. Kevin Hart, they're videotaping. Kevin Hart has a mic. He's going around and interviewing people. They all look fucking sweaty and drunk. And like he's interviewing Diddy and he's telling a story. And Diddy starts telling a story about Usher, about like Usher, Usher's my boy. Like, I love that guy. Like when we were kids, like we used to sleep in the same bed. Like we used to wake up in the morning and wrestle over the frosted flakes. And Kevin Hart's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? And then they kind of laugh it off. And it's like, okay, it's. It's just so, it's so interesting because it's like, this isn't about being gay. It's not 
I, first off, we do we live in a society the entertainment industry is still super taboo to be gay. I'm sure in the rap culture has its own, you know, hangups on it. it. There is that. There is that element, but it's like this blackmail. It's like, well, if I can rape you or if I can get you to have gay sex with me, I forever own you because yeah. it's like this huge blackmail. And then if you do it to other people, then you get that as well. It's like this power trip. And then you're and then you're running into all these other people in the industry who might pose complications because you're dealing with someone who is under this blackmail, you know, so it's just trickled down trauma that's the that's what they say is like you know if you can is that if what you can if you can make this man if you can make him suck your dick you can make him your bitch you can make him anything you know is what this i mean what selling and that's kind of supposedly, supposedly you know that's part of the deal with some of this shit is like to, is that what selling your soul to the devil is and in the industry is like engaging in sexual acts consensual or not that will lead to like huge blackmail it will end you it will well, okay, so that takes us to a couple other stories. Well, hold on, because then Usher supposedly did the same thing to Justin Bieber. And Justin Bieber, like, a little Bieber bit... Bieber also hung out with, with Puffy. With Puffy, yeah. When he was, was promised him a car. Mm-hmm. Was that by Usher or Diddy? That's that's Puffy. Yeah, like, was promised this car, like, when he was like, you see this video of Justin Bieber? He's still just so young and yeah, cute. Yeah, he, and he's, he's like, like, 14 or something. He's yeah, really young. Yeah, and he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to get this, whatever it was, a fucking Lamborghini, yeah, he's whatever. Like, I'm going to give you this car. He's like, I can't even drive it. Yeah, he's like, it's cool. He's like, that's car. fine. Like, and and then look at what happened to Justin Bieber. He fell off, like, his fucking rock. He then Don went. Jesus. He found Jesus. And he has tried to come out in the industry. And then the, all this stuff came out, like, the during QAnon. I'm not saying any of this is true but let's just like uh include this in here everyone was talking about how he sold his soul to the devil and him and selena gomez that they supposedly had a baby that they aborted (laughs) and sacrificed to that like all in the uh sucking the baby's blood for adrenal whatever but like okay but let's talk about like the symbolism of that like maybe all of that is like blown up from something that's like actually true and that's this whole you know, thing where it's like, okay, was he raped by these men and they have this blackmail on him and he can't come out about it because they'll fucking murder him. He'll end up dead. And like, what, what all happened there? You know, this poor, he was not okay. And he's like, he's a good, sweet kid. Like, I don't, I I get the vibe from Justin that he was like, he was pretty innocent and sweet. He came from a good family and something fucking happened to that boy. And he went through a few years of not being okay. You could tell. Uh, you know, you could, there's that's all pretty wildly conspiratorial. But I'll tell you right now, man. Like, when it comes down to all those type of rumors and shit like that, Diddy and the story of Diddy really seems to be the most fucking one that lends the most credibility to that fucking shit. As far as him being the devil or selling his soul to the fucking devil or something, man. It's like it's hard to it's hard to get down with that shit. But oh my god, dude, some of the just how far this one goes and how much shit he's involved in and. How fucking dark it is, man! It's like well, almost a hard to. It's it starts. Satan, to go, Satan might not be real, but 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 Diddy is, and what he's doing is evil. I also think it's interesting, like you were talking about all of Diddy's names, and I do think it's interesting that like Satan also has all these names, and it's just like the symbolism there, and like I don't know, they're mm. both snakes. So there's two other young men who were in Diddy's orbit who have supposedly got similar treatment or had similar like 
problems that didn't end as well as Usher. They're not doing the Super Bowl. And those would be YK Osiris and Brashear Gray. And that takes us to one more lawsuit because supposedly Brashear Gray is currently suing both Diddy and Will Smith for ruining his career. Huh. And this is where we also start to see some of our familiar lawyers show up. Because I'll mention right now that Brashear Gray's lawyer is Michael Avenatti. But we'll, we're, we're going to cover why Michael Avenatti is important. If you know much about politics, then that name has already set off a light bulb for you. If it hasn't, then we'll get to it. And this lawsuit was filed in like the end of 2023, beginning of 2024, around then. Brashear Gray is famous for being one of the stars of the TV show Empire. He's also a musician, like he was a rapper on the show. And uh, he's also like released some music himself as, I guess, under the name Yaz the Greatest. Supposedly, his career, he's been blacklisted and he hasn't been able to get any of his music done. He hasn't been able to get anything done because he has refused to take part in freak-offs with P. Diddy and Will Smith. And supposedly the the connection there is that Charlie Mack was Brashear Gray's manager who kind of like got him involved with Empire and stuff like that. He hooked up Brashear Gray with Will Smith because he's like a rapper. He's like, okay, this guy's going to be your mentor, Will Smith. And so supposedly Will Smith took him to Diddy. That relationship turned sour because supposedly Brashear Gray didn't want to keep, you know, continuing with whatever they wanted them to do. And so, you know, that led to them, you know, him being in their bad graces and ultimately led to him just being blacklisted. And he really hasn't showed up much since in Hollywood since then. A lot of this comes from the interview with Jaguar, right? She says things where she's talking about Will and Jada. And she's like, they're both bi. They do weird things. And young men leave their house screaming to get away from them and their mentorship. Brashear Gray, Meek Mill. So she mentions him specifically. It makes me wonder if the deep need for like these celebrities who like kind of have bi vibes, I'm not saying I know for sure or anything, but their rejection to admitting their sexuality mm-hmm. so deeply is because of that fear of like, well, if you admit in this industry that you are bi as a man, if you are a bi man, then that might give credibility to any rumors or blackmail that like you have been raped by these men or you have taken part in raping men like since there's such a thing going on with this that you need to like keep yourself separate from that completely like nope that would never happen i am not bi you know like that just crossed my mind like what like will has big bi vibes like if i assume that you know he never raped anyone but maybe he had gay sex with some people like maybe uh, these men's need to not be seen as a bisexual man in this industry is to separate themselves from these freak offs. Well, and that makes, you know, Alexis Arquette's comment about Will Smith and Jada like relevant as well about them being DL. And it also gives us an opportunity to plug our Will Smith episode where we talk about Alexis Arquette's comments on Will Smith. So don't forget to listen to that. The other thing that you really need to know about Brashear Gray is, you know, he filed this lawsuit, you know, just recently at the end of 2023, the beginning of 2024, asking for $50 million damage because his career is supposedly his career was tanked by these guys. But there's another thing that happened that's like really relevant is that he was arrested in 2020 um, in July because he was arrested for assault, for supposedly assaulting his wife. And this is like a really interesting incident because 
according to him and according to some other like rumor type of stuff, supposedly like this didn't really happen and like he was set up by these guys. And one thing that's really interesting about it is that like supposedly nobody knew that he was married before this. This was like the first anybody had heard about this wife. But supposedly in July 2020, his wife like flags down a stranger or calls the cops to say that she had confronted him about cheating and that he had assaulted her. Supposedly he had choked her and threatened her. And so he was arrested and charged with aggravated assault. He pled guilty and spent 10 days in jail. And there's like a viral, there's like a mug shot of him from this like arrest too. And he looks, he looks burnt dude. And a lot of, there's a lot of speculation about just, you know, about this being a setup or you have any comments on that one, Lorena? My brain is going down a whole nother rabbit trail in that so many of the celebrities that we've talked about in here are celebrities that are rumored or have come out honestly about having herpes and how many of them were like child stars in this industry and just like knowing all the rape going on and non-disclosure of the STDs and like the things that have the lawsuits that have come which because I want to do an Usher episode on his lawsuits for his herpes and Usher being involved in that and it's just like I mean, uh, no STD shame, 15% of America has herpes, I'm not like. But it's just like interesting that like the black male ties that are in this and that it's all related to sex, rape. It comes know. up here too because Jonathan Audie claims that he got herpes from Cassie and Diddy. So, exactly, exactly. And when we talk about like, you know, you mentioned that like Kim being so loyal to Diddy and in the word loyal was really unsettling to me because we're often the most loyal to what we fear not out of love but out of fear and blackmail and things like this and you will become I hate to use the word loyal loyal is something that's like seen as beautiful and redeemable you know but like this sick hold to people and it's like when you give someone an STD without telling them and they feel like they can only be with you and when you rape them or you have them engage in sexual activity that can ruin their reputation or whatever. It's just like, it's dark shit. So there's one other, there's one other rapper who, you know, rumor is that he really had his career and life destroyed by Diddy. And that's this guy named YK Osiris. And I'd never heard of because yeah, he just, the, the rumor is that this guy was one of Diddy's boy toys and that he was kind of passed around and used and ultimately kind of thrown away. Drake gets, uh, gets tied up into this one too. But, and I think the thing that people really point to is like this trip to Jamaica in 2021 that Diddy and YK Osiris make. And it's just, you know, it's like this also kind of goes to the homophobia thing because it's like a lot of people are like, there's just, they, they didn't see any chicks on the trip. And they're like, well, where's the chicks? Like, YK Osiris like posts a topless photo, of, a topless, a photo of Diddy in the pool, you know, he's got his shirt off. And then he also posts a photo of like him getting a massage and the caption is something like, eating good fruit, listening to that Diddy. And then there's like another photo where it looks like he's like eating some fruit. 
and the photos taken kind of close, obviously by another person. And like, you know, people speculate that that photo was taken by Diddy. And it really does like, Hey, it looks like it appears that they're on a romantic vacation together. It totally appears that way. I get why people see this and they're like, uh, that's us, you know, but like, is that just people being homophobic or is that them showing us a little bit too much I think that's one of the claims is like, you know, one of the, I think Jaguar writes is like some of these people get turned out so much they don't even know how much they're exposing themselves, you know. Drake is also rumored to have herpes. But, you know, when you Google celebrities with herpes, who comes up? Kid Cudi. Interesting. So maybe there wasn't just flirting there. Maybe there was something actually going on there. It's just interesting that like he got all upset that she was flirting with Kid Cudi and blew up his car. Maybe they actually slept together. Yeah, well, there's a couple other things with YK Osiris, too. There's some videos of him hanging out with Drake, and there's one that's, like, just so... I mean, it, it could totally be dudes, like, messing around, or it could totally be them, like, forcing him to do shit. It's hard to tell, but it's, like, YK's sitting there, and Drake is filming him, and Drake is talking about how YK owes him $60,000, and he's, like, dude... And, he, and, like, he's joking about it, and so he makes him sing him a song. He's, like, okay, if you sing me, sing me a song... Sing me this song and uh, and you don't owe me any money anymore. And he like makes him sing a song. And it's like, it's kind of funny. You see YK's at least smiling while he does it and stuff. But it's kind of like, okay, is Drake like ordering this guy around? Like forcing him, you know, he owes him money. He's forcing him to do shit. Is that an indication of like potentially more going on? The other kind of like uh, telling thing is that like apparently like YK Osiris, like his girlfriend after she broke up with him, she posted on her Instagram story and in response to everybody getting at her. And she just said, stop bugging me like I broke up with him because I've caught him with a man like straight up. She said that, you know, interesting. So the other thing that happens, YK Osiris has a similar downfall to kind of Bashir Gray, where it just seems like he just fucking kind of goes off the deep end man he doesn't doesn't fucking look good like um they interview him on the breakfast club and they ask him about it and they ask him about the trip to jamaica with diddy and he's like he's just kind of like he's really nervous like he's like he's kind of playing with the strings of his hoodie and he laughs it off and he's just like no 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 that's not he's like there were girls there and they're just like really he's like yeah yeah it's not like that and he, but he seems really uncomfortable answering the question dude it's just it's weird the way he laughs it off and then Later, he made some videos himself where you can tell that he's just, he has a mental breakdown and he's not right. And he makes videos that he posted to his own social media, him ranting to the camera, driving in the car, ranting to the camera. And he's talking about how, you know, he feels like demons are trying to attack him and he wants to die. I want to crash his car right now. I just want to die. And he makes another video that's kind of interesting. He's talking about like, how all these rappers, all these guys, they talk about money and cars. They say it's a blessing. They say, you know, these are blessings. He's like, those aren't from God. Like, those things don't come from God. Like, those aren't a blessing from God. Like, he says, I want out of the music industry, but I can't get out because it's my only way out. I So, you know, I got to do what the devil wants because it's the only way I can feed my kids and I can't get out, you know? Oh, it's so dark. Yeah, very dark. That shit's very dark for sure. So on that note, we're going to have to stop here and we're going to move on over to part two. So click on to the next episode because we're about to get into some pretty wild shit. Yeah, we have to end it here. But in, in now that we're in the darkness zone, prepare yourself for the next installment of 
ditty because we're gonna it gets darker and weirder absolutely all right see you at the next one let's go thanks herman bye I'm about to freak this. Ha 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 ha. What, 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 what? Uh, well, uh. I'm about to freak this. What you want me to freak this? Just peep me while I freak this. Aye, aye. I'm about to break this, full out, the king of the hill, big will, keeping it real, knees in the grill, the whole set on lockdown, making you flock down, to where I'm at, to hear my rap, I be that cat that set trends, where y'all at, on the corner with your friends, heard you screaming about cream in your rap kit, yo, my last check for Wild Wild West came on a flatbed, once and for all, let's get this straight, how you measure a rapper, what make an MC great, is it the sales, 20 mil, is it the cars, Bentleys, is it the women, Jada, is it the money, please, Mr. Clean, yet the fact remain, got girls that don't speak English screaming my name, all you rappers yelling about who you put in a hearse Do me a favor, write one verse without a curse I'm about to freak this What you want me to freak this? Don't sleep, I'm a freak this Yo, it's smooth when I freak this Lay back, I'm about to freak this Peep this while I freak this